Good morning, and welcome to episode 35 um, of the Sounds of Stonebridge podcast. Today is Thursday, May the 21st, 2020. Wow, I can't believe uh, we're up to 35 episodes. I'm joined today by uh, Jean Frankel. Jean, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. You know, I, I looked at the counter. I can't believe it's Memorial Day on Monday. When did that happen? I know. If, if uh, are, you, uh, are you and Barry going to play in that Memorial Day special uh, golf event? I don't think so because he was trying to get his group together. I'm not sure how. It sounds like a very innovative event, though. Well, I, I think the golf shop has done a lot of really innovative things. I mean, number one, bringing the golf shop outside and figuring out a way that, you know, that we could continue to, you know, buy things and, and you know, try to make it as normal as possible. And, uh, you know, I love going up there. You see Yumi sometimes or Lil and, you, you know, you talk to them. And, uh, yep. of course, it seems like every time I go up there, I forget my mask. So, po folks, well, if you, if you want to go shopping, you uh, got to bring your mask. Got to have your mask. And Put it in your golf cart, Neil. Put it in I your know. Golf cart. I don't know. I had one, and it's gone. So I will definitely uh, have to get a, a, another mask. In fact, you know, I was in a store last night. Actually, I was in Publix. And, of course, Publix has a big sign that they recommend that everybody wears masks. And, uh, you know, I am curious about those that do not wear masks. Um, I kind of look at them and growl a little bit. How do you feel yeah. about that? Well, I, I mean, I think it's outrageous. It's so easy to do. I mean, I got to tell you, I think there's something going on in society where there may be some some people who think like real men don't wear masks. You know, I mean, it's like, there's gonna be like a whole social thing around masks. I mean, I think it's important. It's it's what we're doing for our fellow citizens and it doesn't cost that much to do. And you know, it's not that big a deal and you get used to it pretty quickly. So I think it's important. See, I agree, Gene. I think when you live in a country or you, you know, you have a responsibility, not just to you, your family, but really, to kind of the whole circle of people that you come in contact with during a situation like this Agreed. and being responsible. Interesting. This morning, I also read an article about the anti-vaxxers are already lining up to protest when the coronavirus vaccine is ready. Yeah. That's another one I don't understand, but yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, people, you know, once a vaccine is ready and people refuse to get it, I mean, like what good is that going to be to, to try to help the world get rid of this. It's, it's responsibility. I think it's a different kind of social responsibility that I think is really important. Yeah, my daughter Barry is very concerned about that. In fact, she has made sure that she finds out, you know, all of Ashton's classmates, she's in kindergarten now, but he's home, of mm -hmm. course, you know, yeah. whether they've his, you know, she will not actually let um, Ashton go on a play date with someone that has not been vaccinated. She is so, you know, um, kind of i'm almost going to use the word militant but, but yeah militant sure yeah rightly so i, I think that's uh, it's important so gene a couple interesting things popped up we were by the way we were supposed to have gene barnett on the show today um we had some technical issues we will have gene on the show tuesday we'll get all of our technical issues worked out because you know i think gene would bring some really interesting perspective as you know someone that's been the president of the club twice i believe and yeah. uh you know i think that you know, Gene can really kind of share some of his thoughts about, you know, how the certain the situation currently will be affecting residential country clubs like Stonebridge, and then how, you know, how do people move forward? How will country clubs move forward? Because I think that's going to be an interesting question. That'll be, uh, that'll be great to listen to next week. Gene, we were talking before we started that you had uh, read a uh, Quinnipiac poll yesterday, and I think there was some real interesting um, data points there. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, it, it's absolutely fascinating. So Quinnipiac University is in Connecticut and they do polling around political events, but they also do polling around social events. And so they had some really interesting data. So first of all, as states begin to reopen their economies, voters are placing the emphasis on caution. 75% of the country say that the country should reopen slowly, even if it makes the economy worse. Um, so, and, and then there's some specifics that I think are fascinating. Um, so right now, 74% of people still think it's unsafe to get on an airplane. Now, I don't know about you, Neil, but I'm not ready to fly yet. I, I saw something really good about what Delta's doing. They're spraying all kinds of ultraviolet disinfectant, but it's the people that, you, I mean, you know, you get people that don't have masks. I mean, I, it's not quite safe yet for me. That's, what do you that, think? that's the part that really bothers me. It's not that Delta's not going to do the right thing, because I think they are. I, I watched a piece last night on NBC News, and they showed how Delta and other airlines are going to be sanitizing the planes. Yep. Um, they talked about how they're going to only fly at 60% um, percent capacity, 70% uh, max capacity. You know, they talked about how they're going to require people to wear masks, but, you know, they're not sure how they're going to be able to enforce that. Yeah. So, um, you know, that I think that's going to be a problem. But I am not ready. As someone that spends a lot of time on planes, mm -hmm. I'm just not ready for that. Uh, and I don't know when I will be. Yeah. Me, um, me neither. You, you know, I don't, I don't know about for you, but for me, I'm thank God I am blessed that I'm finding out that, you know, I can, I can do just about all my work not being there. And that, and that's, I think the whole workplace thing is transforming and that's a whole interesting thing. And, and I want to go back to the mask thing in the workplace. That's another interesting sure. thing. Yeah. You know, as part of that, as part of that piece I saw last night on NBC, they also showed what they're doing to sanitize public transportation in New York. And of course that's a, you know, that, that is going to be a Herculean job. Uh, you know, I, I heard somewhere that over 300,000 people ride the subways alone. And that number may be light by the way. Oh, yeah. So um, you know, they were showing how they're going to be wiping down the, the, the uh, cars, but they also showed something very innovative. They have this um, device that attaches to like the subway poles. And when the cars come in at night and they're completely empty, they attach these devices and they run it for like five minutes. It is this high powered ultraviolet light that apparently wow. kills all types of viruses, bacteria, and everything else. But again, it's experimental. Um, you know, I think we're a long way from making people feel safe um, on public transportation. I, I agree. So, so back to the poll, 62% still think it's unsafe to go to a restaurant. Well, 37% say it's safe. So we went, we went to Stonebridge. We've now been like three times. We went Tuesday night, had a great experience. And, you know, I'm beginning to feel like I don't know. My, my favorite restaurant is Mia over on Atlantic Avenue near, uh, near Starbucks and, uh, and Burger Fi. Sure. Place. Outdoor seating, you know, you can get outdoor seating. I mean, you know, we're, we're still nervous. We're not quite ready, but the CDC actually also had some interesting data this morning that said that it's less likely that you can contract the virus through surfaces. And it's more likely that it's just, you know, person to person. So, I would feel probably better about going out to a restaurant or other places, knowing that just touching things, you know, necessarily isn't as much of a risk. What do you think? Well, you know, look, I'm not a scientist and I'm definitely not an epidemiologist, um, but, you know, you know, the CDC is pretty much the expert on this. I do think that, you know, right now, unfortunately, a lot of the results that are coming out are based off of small kind of samples. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and that's really why Gene and I um, really have not ventured out yet, even to the club for dinner. Um, you know, my wife might be considered someone that's in a kind of a high risk group because she does have some respiratory issues. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've talked about that and I keep asking, you know, Jean, when do you think you'll feel comfortable and all that? And she's like, well, I don't, I don't feel comfortable yet, but you know, maybe I think after a couple of weeks um, and we kind of see what the results are and, you know, hopefully there are no increases in cases and things like that. I think that, you know, we will become more comfortable and we will, you know, we will do like what you and Barry did. I mean, you guys, you guys were definitely early um, adopters on this uh, going back to the club thing. Well, the, the other thing that people know that see us there, so we have a favorite table and it's in the bar all the way against the wall. So, I mean, we, one of those high top tables, we kind of like to sit there and, you know, it's, uh, it's nice to wave to people, you know, I mean, but again, the challenge is when you go back, you want to go back to your old habits. People want to table hop. You know, I mean, you can't do that. So it's an interesting one. And here's another interesting piece of data. 50% um, of people in the Quinnipiac poll think it's unsafe to go to a barbershop or hair salon, while 48% say it's safe. I went yesterday. So you went yesterday? I got, really, a hair, like? I got a haircut yesterday. Where'd you um, go? Where'd you go? What was it well, like? I go to a place over on, uh, I don't want to necessarily give them a plug, but I've been using the same guy for almost 20 years, maybe even yeah. longer. In fact, uh, Mark Cohn and Fred Greenberg from here both go to him um, on my recommendation. And, you know, I will say I felt pretty safe the way they did things. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the, the number of people in the shop, a uh, number of people they're allowing at one time in the shop, they have reduced the number of chairs or people that are working there. Mm -hmm. um, they're using a little bit wider splits, just like kind of we are on the golf in terms of appointments. Everybody was wearing a mask. Um, you know, the person that cut my hair was wearing a mask. The funny thing is there was a little funny situation where when they were washing my hair, I actually took my mask off oh. while, I, and apparently some lady got all, you know, bent out of shape. No. I mean, literally I just took it off because I didn't want to get to get wet. No way, yeah. I know. And, you know, look, I'm looking, you know, it's not like I'm anywhere near her. I was like, you know, 20 feet away. But, you know, I kind of understood the way she felt. But the one thing that was very interesting, Gene, at the end is that I had to fill out contra uh, contact tracing paperwork, which really? I thought was great. That's I don't, fascinating. Now, I don't know if everyone is doing that. I don't know if it's mandatory, but if it isn't, it should be. Wow. That's because, fantastic. yeah. So what they do was you fill it out, name, address, um, cell phone number, and your email address. Email was optional. And they write, they timestamp it. Mm -hmm. and, and so they know exactly that you were here on such and such a date at such and such a time. And if, in fact, somebody does have a reported case, you know, what they're asking is that you just call them and let them know. They won't, like, out you. You yeah. know, they won't yeah. say your name and they'll keep your, but they will let you know that you may have been exposed. Wow. So, yeah. So I think, you know, that made me feel pretty good. Um, I, while I was walking out also, I walked by a nail, uh, you know, a nail place and I um, have to admit, I do like to get my nails done. And, uh, you know, that, that was interesting also because what they did was they had these giant kind of plexiglass shields between the customer and the nail technician. And then you kind of slid your hands underneath like a, you know, like maybe a four inch or five inch slot. Uh -huh. And uh, that was kind of interesting too. So, you know, I think people, Gene, are doing what they can to try to keep and make things safe and to try to get, 
you know, their businesses back up and running. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, um, I think, you know, the owners are, are being responsible, the business owners. I mean, I got a text from my, my colorist at my salon saying, I'm impressed with the owners. We work only 25% capacity. We even have chairs outside to wait. Uh, I book a, a extra time and appointments. Everyone's required to wear a mask. They take your temperature at the front desk. I mean, that's good. But I mean, the interesting thing around the country, and you can see from this data, is that even though business owners are coming back and being responsible, you know, it's going to take us as consumers a while to be comfortable. And every time you go out, you have to make a choice about how safe and how comfortable you feel. It's like managing risk every day, which is a real challenge. Last night, back to that report on NBC News, they had a uh, video clip. And in fact, it's, it's on YouTube where a Costco employee um, stopped a, uh, one of their members. Somebody was coming in a shop and the Costco employee said, I'm sorry, but you cannot come in here without a mask on. That's yep. the rules that Costco has set up. Now, the interesting thing is Costco is a membership. So it gives them a little bit more latitude in terms of the way they structure, you know, their rules and guidelines, you know, and this person, you know, got very indignant, said, you know, last time I looked, I woke up in America, we're free, we can do what we want. Yeah, and the guy said, you are free, but you're not free to spread your germs yes. or potential viruses to other people. Yes. And, you know, yeah. he went on, he stood his ground, he yep. was very nice, he was not, you know, the, the Costco employee was super nice, I thought handled it super respectfully. The guy, of course, continued to be very indignant, belligerent, somebody, of course, recorded it, um, you know, it's like everything is recorded these days. Yeah. And it was, po it was on Twitter. What's interesting is that I, I, I looked at the Twitter feed. I would say 95% of the responses were positive, you wow. know, that, yeah. which I thought was a really good thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's fascinating, you know, and, and I think that most people want to do the right thing, but you know, there, there are folks that, that feel that this whole thing is a hoax and, you know, not to get into political dynamics, but somehow it seems to match some of our other political dynamics. And, you know, either, either, either you're responsible or not, you know. So another thing, that was a, an editorial statement I will own. Um, another thing in this, in this thing is that the majority of people in the Quinnipiac poll, 55%, think it's safe to go to a workplace outside their home. So Neil, as you said, you know, you know it's even, even in Costco. Well, 39% say it's unsafe. Now, I wanna go back to the mask thing because um, my clients in colleges and universities are having this challenge right now. They're trying to think through all of the dynamics around the fall. Can you force people to wear masks? It, I mean, what, you know, what are the legal issues around that? I, I think we need to get somebody on who has some legal background. I think it would be a very, if there are members out there that have some legal perspectives on some of the challenges that, that we're gonna be facing as we open up, um, please let Neil know, because I think it would be a great conversation. You know, I think because, yeah, our friend Irwin might be a good place to go. Irwin would be a great place to go. Irwin, if you're listening, <laughs> we're coming after you, pal. <laughs> but I think it is interesting because, um, you know, there are people that are saying, oh, it's our right to, you know, as you said, it's our constitutional right to do this and that. But, you know, I mean, I think, I think for example, workplaces have required dress codes for a lot of years. Right. right? So why couldn't you just add a mask to that. But so I don't know the legal issues, but I think it's interesting. But, yeah, I do too. Um, and I, but I think we are going to get a, I think I'm going to ask Irwin to come on and talk a little bit about, um, you know, what's interesting because of Irwin's line of work, you know, he works uh, closely with labor unions 
and uh, of course the companies that are you know work with these labor unions and you know I think he'll bring a very interesting perspective in fact an email just popped in I thought it was him but it's not but I will uh, definitely reach out to Erwin Erwin we know you're we know you're a listener and you know, we're, we're coming after you pal so, so there's that so you know and I mean this is all really um, you know proving my theory that it's it's harder to come out of this it's it's a set of choices every day. People feel comfortable. They don't feel comfortable. I think people are generally beginning to feel more comfortable. The really serious thing will be, you know, if the cases spike again, and yes. what do we have to do to go to go back? I read that uh, two two well, and Irwin can talk about this. Two plants, two auto plants in Michigan, had to close two days after they opened because right. workers were testing positive. So it's going to be a a back and forth for a long time, I think. Well, you know, what worries me also, and, and I've said this many times on the podcast, I am in the marketing research business and um, numbers and data is really what I do for a living. You know, what worries me a little bit is that there are people out there that are fudging numbers to yeah. make things look better. And that is something that we cannot have right now. We've got to have, you know, we, everything's got to be fact-based decision-making. Um, it can't be based on emotion, can't be based on anecdotal information. It can't be based on anything other than science, math, and facts. And, yeah. and that's, that's the one thing that, that does scare me and, and does also, you know, frankly, it undermines the credibility, in my opinion, of, of our governments, whether it's at a federal, state, or a municipal level, okay. is that I, I want to know that I'm getting the facts, I, I agree, and and I think I think it's it's something aspirational, um, you know, for us as a society and a government to do at federal, state, and local levels to, to be fact based and science based. But it is a challenge. Um, I even read the, the other day that the person that the woman that uh, is responsible for the Florida dashboard yeah. of cases uh, was was fired because she was asked to lie or she quit or something. And that so story that story has more to it um, than that, from what I understand. Um, you know, there might be more, but it might, it might actually not be um, to the negative. I mean, that uh, there might be some more issues to that story. Look, if it's true, it's true. And if it's not, it's not. But yep. yeah, so, um, so tomorrow, so tomorrow on uh, the Sounds of Stonebridge, um, as you know, it's Financial Friday. And, um, you know, last week we talked about investing for income in a zero interest market. And Ken Nemery provided some really good insights. Tomorrow, Mark Rubin um, is going to join us on the show. Um, Mark's been a longtime resident here at Stonebridge. He, of course, works for um, the Israel Bonds um, organization. And, and they offer um, a real interesting alternative um, opportunity for, you know, generating income in this um, zero-income market. So, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Mark tomorrow uh, with Mark and, and really understand you know, what are some of the things that people can do even, even beyond the, you know, um, you know, his employer and things like that. Um, don't forget, uh, Stonebridge to go, uh, John and his crew are still, um, you know, serving, uh, you know, to go meals to carry out. I will tell you, don't forget though, they stopped taking orders earlier. I believe now they stopped taking orders around 6 PM. Jeannie and I, the other night wanted to get the orange chicken and we got shut out. So uh, we ended up getting, <laughs> I ended up having to go out and pick up sushi. So don't forget, it's 561-886-6708. Don't forget to check out the Sounds of Stonebridge three days a week, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday on the Stonebridge Facebook forum. Uh, hey, and everybody, if you're a golfer out there, sign up for that tournament on uh, Monday. 
Um, yeah. We're signing up with another couple. Um, you know, we have missed being able to um, engage and, and to have some, uh, you know, more contact with a number of our friends. You know, I'm not going to play with the people I play with all the time. You know, I see these guys, I play with them on Saturday, play with them on Sunday, play with them sometimes during the week. You know what? Enough of them. I want to play with some of my other people that, you know, I've come to know and uh, love here in Stonebridge. Jean, anything you want to add? No, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about where we are and where we're going. I think I, you know, I can see the fog lifting a little bit, but it, every day is an interesting opportunity. And, uh, and again, I'm, I'm very appreciative of Stonebridge and, and everything they've done for us and continue to do for us. And I'm very happy to be living here and happy to be a Stonebridge member. One quick fast fact that I did forget to mention, um, since, uh, again, we've talked about the Quinnipiac survey, there was another survey that came out yesterday where they interviewed uh, husbands and wives and they asked them at this point, what's the number one pet peeve that you have, you know, being kind of confined with your spouse and all that. The number one pet peeve is that my spouse leaves dishes in the sink. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, that's my wife's number one pet peeve. That and I, I won't cl clean off the counters. I thought you were gonna say that the number one pet peeve, this, this is true, is that sometimes in making these decisions about going out, the wife wants to and the husband doesn't, or the husband wants to and the wife doesn't. You know, you gotta agree about the degree of risk you're willing to take. I think that's also an interesting dynamic among couples. All right, everybody, get out there and make sure you clean out the dishes out of the sink today. Have a, <laughs> Have great, a great day. day.